Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now you're listening to Perkins and Spiegel on 670 to score. We're back with more of the Parkinson and Spiegel Show, live at the 2023 Cubs Convention on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Things starting to fill up here at the Sheridan downtown. Come see us. We're on the fourth floor right by the blue carpet. Starting to fill out. Did you ever go to any of these things as a kid? Never did. No, I, I've only been to these conventions professionally and i always loved covering them as a media member because it is when the players and coaches and management and fans for that matter are all in the best of moods this is just a brief stop in their off season and then they can go back to their warm vacation spot so everybody is talking everybody is optimistic and everybody's accessible so i love these things yeah they, they honestly go back to their homes you know, basically yeah. baseball players live in yeah. Florida and Arizona. It's, this is their vacation spot, they, you know, honestly. Yeah, well, they have to. It, I mean, it's got to suck in that way that the cold, you know, they have to come into the cold. But I know from talking to players when I was doing the Cubs pre and post that they, they dig it, especially the new ones who have never gotten a little taste of what Cubs Nation is like so it'll be interesting to get the reaction of some of the players that have never been here before yeah and I mean you know I saw on social media a lot of them were saying you know flying to Chicago just landed in Chicago so guys coming in looking forward to meeting Cubs fans that is one of the things it's it's corny and it can be mocked or whatever but like there are just there are few fan bases in baseball where the fans show up we'll say just a 30,000 plus every damn game players notice it like if you're on the road in a different city or you're covering a game between you know the reds and the marlins and there's 3800 people there it's a lot tougher to uh get up for the game i mean they do it because they're professionals and and the entire thing but it's not it's a little different so you come here and you see thousands and thousands of people at a convention in the middle of january that would be more than the attendance of a reds marlins game in june <laughs> yeah. it's like oh okay well it's a little bit easier to to get pumped up for these fans very eye-opening you know players that have never kind of look at like oh, oh oh me that that cheer is for me yeah right yes there? jameson tyone yes yeah. jameson tyone you're welcome to the cubs you know and then when they walk across the stage i mean it's it's a rock star event like they get a feeling of how important they are in this town and everything that goes into cubdom because it's a lot it's a lot it it, it is a lot and it uh it hasn't waned and it doesn't seem like it's going to wane anytime soon you know just like post 2016 it's like oh, i'll just win one before i die lovable is no it's just i want to win the next one that's what happens that's oh, what yeah. that's what happens 
th- that's the feeling I was like thinking about a lot of the people, the younger people that got to see the the World Series, and that's where the the bar is set. Now, I, I don't think that they necessarily expect the Cubs to win the World Series every year, but they damn well sure are not as comfortable putting up with a 74 and 88 season as was last year. And that's the best thing about Cubs fans in this generation that they see things differently as opposed to kind of being submissive about it. I never was the the Cubs are like cursed or anything. I was like, no, expectations, man. Expectations are good. It's a healthy thing. It's the type of thing where you say, okay, you're in Chicago. You have money. Why can't you win? Because you play too many day games. Right. It, was, it, was, it was ridiculous. So no, now that they've won, that's where it should be. And when you win 95 games year in and year round, and you keep winning the division and all that, it is tougher to get up for the build. I know a lot of pure baseball fans and all that will do it, and that's and that's great. But there is something to no. The standards are winning a division. 90-plus wins and being in contention for a World Series at the end, and it's a lot tougher to get up for the seasons that that's not realistic. So that's why I think that they came out today and said, no, the goal is to win the division. The expectation is to win the division, and that should help uh, some early season enthusiasm. Greed is good with Cubs fans. Cubs fans have never acted. I know a lot of people don't like Cubs fans because they think they're pompous. And 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 they're right. And to some degree, they are correct. So so, so add greed to that list now, too. Cubs fans should be greedy. You've earned it. And and all the crap that happened in the past, it's in its natural order now. All the stuff that used to identify the Cubs, whether it was Bartman, whether it was 69, 84, 89, all the 2003... Yeah. All those horrible nightmares. It's all in a different place now because of this, the, from 2015 on, essentially. Yeah, and uh, I always said it'd be, it'd be so fun to be a fan of the team that everybody hates. Because, oh, because you win? How fun would it be to be a Duke basketball fan? If that was like genuinely who you were a fan of. A Laker fan. You know, a, a Yankee fan. Oh, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be the, oh, oh, you guys are all jealous of my team because we win all the time? <laughs> Oh, well, well, that must suck for you. Like, you know what I mean? It'd be incredible. And it's pretty awesome, too, when other teams don't like the Cubs because of the way they – like, I think back to the pandemic year. Remember the pandemic year? Yeah. When they were all – I do. It wasn't up, that long. I know. Yeah. When they were all up – where they were cheerleading and acting like little leaguers in the dugout and, you know, whatever they were saying to the opposing teams. And they got a little bit of uh, backlash for that. But I also like the idea that the Cubs are a team that people aren't going to like. So, uh-oh. Yeah. There, Layla Rahim <laughs> Clark – okay, I'll do the play-by-play. Clark the Cub is here, pantsless. Uh, and, oh, Clark, what's going Clark, on, Clark, where are you? Your yeah. pants. Yeah. There are kids here. It's inappropriate. Put some pants on, Clark. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna do this with Layla yeah. and Shane, I mean, can you can yeah. you put some pants on? I'm just Clark saying. Clark the Cub is here with Layla Rahimi, everybody. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Clark, we love you, man. Yeah, we love your. He's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a stud. I'm just saying, you, you, would, the hub. you would think after all of this feedback at some point about not having any pants, you'd think the guy would have a little bit of shame and get Wait, dressed. Stand by. Layla Rahimi just took out a notebook, gave Clark a pen. He is writing, so we now know that mascots can write. Yeah, I, I mean, but it, just, it just doesn't really yeah, translate yeah. to radio so much, the, the written word. Of, of, of a Clark the Cub. You're saying this no, Layla, not you going can't, well? you, you couldn't help yourself. Not yourself. He couldn't help it. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, it's fine. It's fine. It's but all good. Yo, I, what's up with this autograph? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. What's, what, 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 what pearls uh, of wisdom do you have? It's like so sharp. Can we the talk fanatic, about that? The fanatic, the parrot, the slider, Staley, and half the league. Are you saying they all don't have pants? Oh. oh. So we should stop oh. singling you out. Sorry. So you're saying but it's a I'll, pantsless sex it, cult it, of mascots is words, what you're saying. In the words of Kurt Cobain, all apologies, Clark. I'm sorry, man. You, that's your point? Do you hate your Your, 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 your point is that... Uh, Deviance loves company. Is that what you're saying, no, Clark? Not. Is that what you're saying? It's, okay. I'm it's holding the mic up to him like he's going to say words when yeah. you know he doesn't, but just in case. It's so easy to roast a mascot. They can't talk back. You can it, talk if you want. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. No. It's so easy to roast a mascot. Oh, my first. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, what was it? What happened? What happened? What happened? He just he just tried to imitate Danny throwing the first pitch at the oh, coast. That is not how it went. Yeah, oh, no. Very that good. Was, I mean, he got me. Can I get that? Yeah, I got yeah, that. Yeah. The pantsless wonder guy. Oh, my me. God. That's right. You threw horribly that I day, threw. I threw horribly. I threw. Clark, can you reenact it for these people that didn't see my first yeah, pitch, please? Let's go. Danny Parkins throwing out the first pitch at Wrigley Field is enacted by Clark the Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. a, he looked like a ballerina just yeah. now for you, Thank you. driving home from All work right. right now in the Eden. All right, truce. Well done. Well done. All right, yeah, truce. That was well done. I Clark. feel like he just got the best of us, dude. He really did. Yeah, we, we just lost to Clark he the really, I can't believe, as a professional communicator and speaker, I was bested by a man who can't speak. <laughs> That is humiliating. That is really, really humiliating. Congratulations. That's Clark. why he's great. That's why he's great, folks. He'll be signing autographs. He'll be here all weekend. He's Clark the Cub. And Layla Rahimi, too, will be here signing autographs, Yes, too. yes. Yeah. Really trying yeah. to make the Layla and Shane thing happen is Clark the Cub. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. That, hey, I just am happy to see you guys. And, like, I feel like we're all sharply dressed here. Yeah. Shane just wore his typical shirt blazer. But we all have actual blazers on today. Hey, be a professional. You guys look good. You Thank you, Layla. You have name Layla. tags. Wow. Yeah, we have name sick, tags, huh? jackets. Yeah. yeah. Shaved. I did not mean to, to Clark bomb all of this. No, Thank honestly, you. that was... That was fantastic. You did Clark, you did Clark mom us, but yeah, it worked out. I don't know. How do you think that went over, Danny? I think, I think it went over great yeah. until it went over horribly for me. Yeah, you did lose it. I, I got, you think I lost uh, that exchange? Hey, I he, think I did. Hey, he gave me the old fake handshake because I, I, you know, the reach his hand out and then goes up to his oh, hair. Like, so to you. I kind of got burned, too. I, I feel. Shane, you think I lost that exchange there yeah, from, he, from Clark? Yeah, you were, Clark. You were bested by a, a grown man in a bear costume. Yeah, it's not a great feeling. Hmm. Yeah, that guy I, identifies as a professional mascot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're a man with two children and a wife. Yeah. And a million-dollar contract. Something and like he that. he just... Mm, yeah. Not yeah. a good look, Parko. Hey, no, he no. Came, he came in hot, though. Some, something tells me he may have been listening to the radio he, during the Open. Didn't we have something wait, about him? Wait, did you get a million-dollar deal? I did not. Thank you, Joe Kelly. Is that true about that? Like, Shane keeps saying that to the point where I'm no, thinking, just, boy, Danny, they're, they're, you're doing well. They're just, I mean, I, I'm happy to buy dinner, but they just they just, okay. they, they just, they just made me, no, they, they, they like to make me uncomfortable, given that I, I, just, I just had some contract negotiations. Wait, and, did you get a million-dollar deal? No. No. I can't believe that's going to have to live. But, you man. know, but, uh, whenever I see Clark, he always, what's up, man? Uh, he he listens, and yeah. so he points to his ears, and he's a fan, and, and all of that, which is which is great. He listens, and then he wants to make the Shane and Layla thing happen, which is. I fun. thought that was already in progress. I didn't know we'd make it happen. It's I, happening, I, right? I, I, no, it's, I, no, it's not happening. Neither is listening right I, now. Thank I, God. I, I've, I've been told, <laughs> but then, but then, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he would roast me for my first bit. Jed, honestly, who will join us in the forecast, he roasted me too. I sent him the video of the first pitch. 
and he talked about uh, that he'd seen more elbow flexibility on everyone he'd ever seen throw a baseball. Wow. Yeah. And, and that does not sound like hyperbole either. Like, that yeah. probably was the worst thrown baseball that he has ever seen in his life. And probably going back to Little League experience, I know, I'm, so I'm going to say. We'll bring it up to him. We'll, we'll see it. Because we, we, he hasn't said it on the air yet. So we'll have to, we'll have to get him to roast. Uh, you know the last place I saw Jed Hoyer? Uh, no. Bears. He was at a Bears game. He was on the sideline. Oh. I think it was the, it might have been the famous Washington game. Wasn't that a primetime game? Yeah, that was a Thursday night yeah, game. Yeah, that might have been the Washington, because then that game afterwards, the, the famous mini-buy, and then the realization of Justin Fields' prowess as a runner. So I was so, that night, it was a Thursday night game, and so I bought tickets to see Chris Rock at Chicago Theater nice. as soon as they went on sale. But it was such an amateur move because I know that if an A-lister like that is playing Chicago Theater in the first show that he puts out is a Thursday, they're going to release future shows for a Friday, Saturday, whatever. And I bought them when they went on sale, like late spring, early summer. And so I should have just waited for the Friday or the Saturday because, you know, I know that Thursday night football is a thing and I enjoy watching the NFL and whatever. Uh, and I didn't. And so I watched that game on DVR. And when I got out of Chris Rock, no joke, I had 300 text messages. And I was like, what could have possibly happened in this game that, you know, like group chats, gambling chats, whatever. Uh, what could have possibly happened in this game that would have required 300 text messages? And I went home and I fast forwarded and I watched that game as fast as I possibly could and nothing happened. And then I went back and read the texts, and it was just people talking about how it was the worst display of football they had ever seen. <laughs> I was like, did I miss something? No, nothing that? happened. It was just 300 texts of people bitching about how it was the worst football they had ever seen. So there's something happened, and there's nothing happened. The something that happened was that nothing happened. Right, but remember, that was the most important game of the Bears' year because it was the first time that afterwards, Justin Fields, first of all, when I talked to him, and then he said this to all the media, so I'm not trying to say I didn't he admitted yeah, he, he was hurt. He, he kind of said it was an exclusive. Yeah, that's true. I was first. Was. I was first. I was there. You weren't there. I was. Yes. But he, he admitted he was hurting, and he talked about how close ain't enough. And that then it was parroted by... That was the Mooney drop, right? That was, the, that was the, the Mooney drop in the front corner of the end zone? Yes, yeah, it was yes, when he drove yes, down the field. Yes, there was a Darnell Mooney drop amongst all the other badness. Yeah. No, there was, yeah, there was plenty of badness, but that, that, that started the string of... It led to Justin Fields starting to run in the in the mini buy, but it also started the string of games where the whole he has to learn how to win that narrative oh, that I railed right. against for eight consecutive weeks yeah. started to happen. I was like, um, am I? Am I is everyone else watching these games? Because he drove down the field and then Darnell Mooney dropped the ball. He doesn't know how to win. Mooney dropped the ball. Or he's driving down the field against Minnesota and Amir Smith-Marset or whatever the guy's name was fumbled the ball out of bounds. Like, oh, that's on Justin Fields all of a sudden? Like, and it was just it was game after game after game of other dudes making mistakes in the fourth quarter. Uh, and it just, it, I, think, I think it made our collective football conversations. I think it made people go insane. The answer to all of that really is, though, the defense was so bad 
that you were never going to win games as, for, as long as that group of personnel were playing defense for the Bears. And I know it's all about the offense, and it's all about Justin Fields, but the whole, oh, God, they got to learn how to win. They're not going to win with a defense like that, and everybody knows it. Yeah, well, and at that point, at the Washington game, they hadn't even traded both guys yet, right? They hadn't traded uh, Roquan and, and Robert Quinn yet. That is true. Because it, that was week four, I think, or week five. But the defense but, still, but that's the other part people forget. The defense still sucked when those guys were on the roster. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and the whole, yes, the, the team was so bad um, at everything that putting, like, learning to win on them was so silly because they weren't built or designed to win. And now, once they don't have the most dead cap space in the NFL and they aren't in uh, the first year of a new system and the first year of a coach and they aren't trading away guys because they're sellers and they're trying to tank unintentionally and all that, or the intentional unintentional tank, like, then we get to start grading them by wins and losses next year. Like, it's not like it's going to be that way forever. It was just that way this year because of a particular set of circumstances that came around the team. It was an emergency move the Bears made when they did all of the changes. They're like, okay, this ain't working what we're doing. We have got to figure out a way to not embarrass ourselves and let this guy loose a little bit. And that's, they figured out they could score points, not win games, but they figured out a way to survive. Yeah, well, because after the Washington game, even though they kept losing, they got watchable. And they got fun. Very watchable. The first, the first four games were some of the worst offensive football that you could ever imagine. But it was some of the most harrowing stuff that we've seen in a long time yeah. as Bears observers. Well, because I, I, remember, I, mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago when Hub came back from his heart attack yeah. and the story came out on Shaw Media and then he talked to us and it was like, yeah, Hub's been, Hub's been watching Bears games. Ever since the Washington game, Hub's been watching Bears games. And I was like, oh, not the Washington game. That was, that, was, that was your first game back? He's not very good, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, but not only, not only like, his field's not very good, but just like he, the man's been watching football for six decades and he almost dies in the house hall parking lot with a heart attack and his reintroduction to the NFL was Bears Commanders 12-7 on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, it's pretty god-awful. It, it would make me want to stop, stop watching football again. Well, hey, a terrible he, I, game. I actually think he's kind of lucky because everything thereafter – was interesting. That's and, true. And, so we only had the one bad game. I mean, if you come out of it like in the Green Bay game when Justin Fields threw the ball seven times or 12, what was it? Maybe seven for 12. Yeah. Something got awful. It was something like Mitch Trubisky, John Fox era numbers for him in that game. So if he had seen that game or those games before, I think he would have been more angered. He actually got to see the upswing. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it's just Hub's opinion. He, it's going to take some time to sell him on Justin Fields. Nothing, uh, yeah. That's God. Those teams, that, 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 that game, you mentioned the Mitch Trubisky thing. Remember that game? He was four for seven. Yes. And they won. The John Fox. Yeah, it was Carolina? Carolina. It was Carolina. Yeah, four for seven passing. I was like, are you going to be kidding here? <laughs> what, where's the breakdown? Is it John Fox or is it this guy Mitch Trubisky? Turned out both. That was when uh, Let Him Throw was born. That's right. That was that was when That's that was right. when we, we, we sang "Let Him Throw." That's a Spieg's Parkins song. For it, people don't know. Yeah, off the Frozen parody. But I just I was like, I don't think I had ever really seen an NFL game that wasn't played in like a hurricane or or a torrential. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, there was a hurricane. There was yeah. lightning. Three quarterbacks were injured, so nobody had seven passes. No, no, no. It was a it was a game plan. It was by design. And the second overall pick in the draft threw the ball. 
seven times. You know, it's cool when Bill Belichick does it against Buffalo in those horrible conditions. Yeah, it's different. That was awesome. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But. Right, Bill Belichick's like, I'm going to run for 300 yards in this game <laughs> yeah. because it's a monsoon. Okay, fine. Yeah, we're good with that. Plus, you're Bill Belichick. What are you doing, John Fox? Yeah. I mean, that probably that probably was one of those games where, like, yeah, this is, this is going to be it for John Fox. If we didn't <laughs> yeah. already think it was, we might need somebody who's going to nurture our for our number two overall pick in the NFL draft. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have Pedro Strope shortly. Sick. I, when I was preparing for it, I was like, I was like, let me let me just pull up his uh, his all time ranks. Is he here? Is he around? He. I haven't seen him yet. Okay. Sixth all time in appearances. First all time in holds. Cubs. That's a, that's believable. That but is what, fantastic. But what an awesome career. Yeah, he Pedro Strope. He played a long time at a high, relative to relievers. At a very high level. He just didn't. He was a good teammate and a good guy, and I loved talking to him when I, when I was covering the Cubs. So he's going to join us in a little bit. David Ross at four, Jed Hoyer after that. And as we get closer uh, to then, the festivities really pick up. It's starting to pile in. If you're at the Sheridan, come up and see us. We're on the fourth floor of the Sheridan. Mark Grody in for Speaks. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. This is John Sterling, voice of the New York Yankees. You know, Susan, you simply can't get enough of Parkins and Spiegel on the score. All the baseball intros out today. That was John Sterling. Earlier, I heard uh, the voice of Wrigley Field, Jeremiah Popracki, the uh, PA announcer there doing our, our intro. Tanny back in the studio, Shane Reardon out here with us. We're at the Sheridan Grand Ballroom. The crowd is uh, filling in. People very excited to get the best possible seat for uh, the festivities that will begin tonight. People have been camping out since 4 in the morning for some reason. Uh, yeah, which is weird. But uh, Mark Grody is here with his well-earned World Series ring from uh, 2016. You're uh, passing it out to people when they ask. When, do, you, do you feel like people are like, is that guy a player? Do, do, do you think you ever get mistaken no, in that way? I mean, the only time I ever was mistaken for a player was, I guess it would have been 17, 2017. I, I was in an elevator in Anaheim. It was the opening series. And somebody looked at me and goes, didn't you pitch last night? Oh, wow. and, and I go, and, and I was in much better shape. Mm-hmm. And he, he did look at it, and, I, and it was, you know who had pitched? The, one of the older guys on the team. Pedro John, Stroke. John Lack. Yeah, Pedro <laughs> Stroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look a lot like Pedro Stroke. Yeah, you yeah. kind of got a Pedro Stroke vibe about you. <laughs> no, it was John Lackey. Oh, and I'm okay. like, okay, he's like the oldest guy on the team, so that would make sense that if I, if there's anybody they're going to compare me to, it would be the oldest guy on the team. So, yeah, that was the only time that that happened. I, I, don't, I don't know if people, like, people have randomly asked me about it, like in elevators and of things course. like that, and I do explain the association. I don't know what their initial thought about me is though oh that guy yeah. must work in the business Pro- department yeah something like that or yeah. management or upper 
you know, I don't know if I look like much of an executive either. But <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. Yeah. You look more like an executive yeah, than a professional than a athlete. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree <laughs> is with that, that. Is that fair? No, that's fair. And, and I think I could. I never looked like an athlete in 2017, but I was about 50 pounds lighter. So, I mean, that, that did help my cause. And the thing is, baseball players look normal. Ba- baseball players can blend into to the crowd and, and just be guys. Most baseball players can go anywhere in the world and be co- totally unrecognized, even the best baseball oh, players th- in the world. A- absolutely. I mean, I've seen them around. I've seen them in the wild. My fair share of times traveling with the team, and that that is, I mean, they are spotted a decent amount of time, too, but they can definitely. I, More I so than NBA it. players. Totally true. NFL totally players. True. Absolutely. That sort of thing. You know, and it's weird. Like, we'll, we'll maybe mention it a little bit with Jed and, uh, and David Ross when they join us. Uh, here on set in the four o'clock hour, but I am excited for. It's weird to get excited about rules, but I just think baseball needed it so badly that I am really, really looking forward to watching this sport with a clock. Absolutely, yep. it feels so obvious and so overdue, and. I think from everyone I've talked to uh, who has seen it, because I, you know, I don't go to these minor league games, but everyone I've talked to probably six or seven people who have, plus what you read about it, it just makes all of the sense in the world that the issue isn't the game, it's the pace of the game. It's the amount of time between actions in the game. And yes, because there, there, there are some things you're not going to be able to solve, right? Like, you're not going to be able to solve... Uh, the volume or the, the the velocity of pitchers and that leading to swing and miss stuff because you're not going to make pitchers worse. You'd have to like move the mound back a foot or two. Like that's not going to happen. But just having the action, whatever action does happen in the game, have it happen with fewer pauses and breaks in between. It's going to anyone who is out there that is against that rule change. My guess is, if the season started for a day, I think it starts March 30th. My guess is by April 5th you'll forget that there was a clock, and you will think that the game is better. And you're going to love it because every team has a middle or slightly later than middle inning reliever who is just slow as hell, who can't get himself together. And I, I can't, there are some names out there that are very guilty of doing such things. They won't be able to do that. That's the best part about this. The players do not have a choice, and this isn't one of those things where they can just pay a fine and get through it or whatever the case. They have to comply with it. It's not an experiment. If, you are, if you're moving too slowly, you're going you're gonna to get the team penalized. Well, yeah, and the Cubs you know, are a good example of it, too, because not that there's really any team out there that's like the 05 White Sox that's just going to have four starters, you know, throw complete games and the, the whole thing. Like it's, you know, it's such a bullpen sport, and it's so fragmented with pitching and all the data that shows you that what changes with offensive production and effectiveness third time through the lineup and all that like every team throws a lot of pitchers out there but the Cubs especially because their strength seems to be in depth of pitcher and quantity of pitcher and infrastructure and development it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw them do the occasional six-man rotation or the occasional uh bullpen game just by design or openers you know or the cubs uh like the cubs lead the league in i mean last year i believe they finished this way i i know it was this way through like the beginning of august i can't swear that they finished this way but i think they did uh i think they led the league in relief pitcher innings 
last year because they, their starters just didn't go deep into games. And then that leads to more pitching changes, which leads to longer games. And then, like you said, you've got guys that are just going to be slow and methodical because it's their one opportunity to go max effort. But now, if everybody has the pitch clock there, even if you are getting through 27 outs by throwing six, seven guys to, to get through that, when, yes, there's time for the pitching change, but you've got you've to gotta work quick. It's, it's going to make the game so much better and so much more watchable. And I think it's going to increase offense. I think the ancillary benefit of it is going to be increased offense because it's going to be tougher for you to go max effort. You're going to have to uh, whatever you can muster up. Okay, 15 seconds, 16, 17, got a pitch, and you're going to throw it even if in a normal situation you would walk around the mound an extra time or two and take a few extra breaths. Like I, th- I think it's going to make the game better in terms of pace, obviously, but then also in terms of offensive production. What if it also solves the issue what if this is so influential that we get the time down like if this was the issue all along i think it is man yeah i I, I think i don't i don't think it's going to get to the average game length being 230 but i think it's absolutely in play that it gets to like 240 that would be you'd i wonder if it changes the mentality too of some like a young person watching people who don't like to watch baseball games all the way through but literally with a cl- watching a clock count down creating that little bit of enthusiasm drama excitement. or enthusiasm yes. you're right right that something is going something is going to happen here when this when you see this clock tick down something's going to happen and I think that's one of the biggest problems with baseball is it takes too long for stuff to happen. And even if something is not really happening, the clock gives the illusion that something is supposed to happen and that makes it interesting. One of the probably the most successful sports talk show on television is Pardon the Interruption. PTI. And they have the clock on the side. Yes, that's such a great example. And and, and even what it's like, okay, I don't love this topic. I don't care about this topic. But in 90 seconds, they're going to get to another topic. There's an end game. There's an end game. And then it's like, oh, how are they going to fit this point in? And even when they talk over the class, it's not like it's a firm, fast rule. There's no taser. There's no ball or strike. There's no penalty for it. But it, it keeps it moving. Yes. And it's something to watch. And it's something to explain. And it's like, okay, what does that clock mean? It means that by the time that gets down to zero, there's going to be a pitch. And if there isn't a pitch, it's going to be a ball assigned to the pitcher. And then there's a penalty. And so then there's an incentive for the game to go faster. And then because the guy's not ready, but he had to pitch, he threw a meatball over the plate and then it was hit into the, you know, the gap. And all of a sudden you got guys running around the bases. Like I, I am like fully prepared because on the show, you know, there's, there's, like, there's some truth to it, but I always say I don't hate baseball. I have a love-hate relationship with baseball. I think that baseball has gotten in its own way way, way, way too many times and has been so hesitant to change and has been so archaic and has been so smug and, like, just exclusive and all that. This gets – it solves it, – it, it appears to me – obviously we have to see it – but it appears to me like it is going to solve so many of the problems. You'll never get it to be, like – a 90-minute game. It doesn't need to be. It's not going to be an NBA game. You know, you can be out of there in two hours and ten minutes. It's not going to be that. But it's going to be such a more watchable game-in, game-out product that I think that anyone who's against it is going to come around instantly. And there will be less 
abandoning of the game in between pitch because that's when people get the clicker in their hands and you're checking out other stuff and sometimes because of all the entertainment options that exist you go down your own television wormhole and you never make it back to what you're watching this and that's a very complicated way to say that this keeps eyeballs on it again literally so i assume that we will see a clock will there be a yeah. clock there, counting yeah, down on, on tv like the, we will see that there they, there's there there should be yeah there'd be no reason for there not to right be. so i think that that would preclude some people from actually changing away even if they intend to come back so it's it's a very man so now pat and uh zach and coom gonna have to be doing countdowns now i don't think i think that you'll just I, I i think in radio my guess would be you would just explain it after the fact i think they should play a little little timer oh like 60 minutes <laughs> Uh, I, <laughs> Pat, we're going to add something to the broadcast this year. <laughs> I don't think that the Ford Frick winner this year. And by the way, they got banners for him congratulating oh, Pat Hughes yeah. all over the Where Sheridan Bar. Where he, is he? He was, he was at a big lunch at the station oh, earlier today oh, okay. with uh, clients and sponsors oh, getting ready to kick off. Uh, I remember the old client lunch, and so Coom was probably there. Coom was there. Oh, Pat was there. That's, you were not invited. I was not invited. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't either. Nowhere close to being invited. No, no, you were right. You were, you were 10 away from being invited, I was told. Right, there are three people that are watching the show right now who are actually ahead of me on the depth chart. Hoping for Pedro Strope uh, to show up soon. Then we know we will have at 4 o'clock the beginning of David Ross and Jed Hoyer in that hour. It's Parkinson Spiegel with Mark Rodian on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you guys grinding or are you guys having fun? Afternoons on the score. All right, we were just told that Pedro Strope is on his way. So we nice. will talk to Pedro Strope in a matter of moments. And then at 4 o'clock, we are expecting uh, to speak with both David Ross and Jed Hoyer at uh, around the top of the 4 o'clock hour, sometime between 4 and 4.30 uh, for both of them. And then uh, you ready to get your Ryan Seacrest on? Absolutely. You ready to go over to the blue carpet? And... Going to be working the blue carpet i just found out my coordinates where i need to be parth is going to be helping me i guess he's got a wagon he's going to be wheeling behind me or something what are you uh, wearing yeah, Dansby yeah, Swanson. Yeah, exactly exactly so i'll have to think up some good questions for the but we don't know exactly who we're going to get to talk to we have so no we have no idea I, I will be ready for anything at the blue carpet at five o'clock that's what, what i love hearing is uh, i'm going to have to think about it <laughs> You've had time. Uh, I have. Like, I've got some ideas. You know, yeah, they're percolating. But you just you just don't know what the mood will be like or what the context will be like when the moment occurs. So I can't script these things, Barco. No, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. You're an improv guy. That's right. That's right, which is good and bad. But, yeah, hopefully uh, Strope will make his way through what what is a very large crowd here at Cubs convention. It's gathering, man. It, it, al- it always is. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's always good people watching. It's just... Especially the media people coming through. A lot, of media, lot, lot of media people. It's good to re- reunite with them. Yeah, got a Scott Merkin right there. Oh, yeah, there he is. Well, that, I mean, is that a Mike Berman now, come on through? Yeah, yeah. Now, now the party started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the mayor of Streeterville. I don't know if you know about <laughs> I, that. I, had, I, had, I hadn't heard that. Uh, the adult autograph seeker is always a... Uh, an interesting yeah. dynamic at there, these You know things, what? Though. There's actually a place for them here, too, though. I mean, maybe not in the wild they shouldn't be doing that, but <laughs> guess what? You know what? If you get in line with the rest of the people. If you get in line with the yeah. rest of the people and you pay your whatever dollar it is to do it, yeah, sure. You've Absolutely no it. problem. You've earned it. it no, yeah. you're right. You're 100% right. It's when you're uh, down the foul line at Wrigley and you're pushing past little kids. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a that's And so that, that's the thing. Like, I just feel like if you're, if, if you're the adult autograph seeker in the line, 
you're probably there's a good chance that you're also the guy that might elbow the kid out of the way, like at the golf tournament by the golf rope yeah. or at spring training or whatever. And so it's just like, how about just little humanity, little decency? It's for the kids. People who take do that to kids, like that's top ten worst type of people, right? Isn't that top ten list? Pe- adults who abuse children to get to baseballs and autographs. And they don't even see it as abusing kids. They see it as their own entitlement to pretend that they're still living out their childhood fantasy. Right. This is the opportunity that that person has been looking for their whole life. I'd be interested in a top ten from you. So adult autograph seeker. Yeah. uh, People who take off their shoes on airplanes. Oh, that's really good. It's yes, a bad one, right? That, that is, yes, that's a bad but good one that would make the list for sure. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, people not associated with winning the World Series that have World Series rings? Is that Are you doing my list? Yeah, yeah no, wait, wait, I don't want to get into that list. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into that. No, list. listen, man, I, I am obviously a hater. I would probably, if I was you and I was offered a World Series ring, I obviously would have accepted uh, yeah. it. And then if I was you and I was single... I would obviously wear the World Series yeah, ring you do. as a conversational starter, right. and I would probably, uh, I would probably, you know, those pictures where you're like the, you know, Jordan's leaning into his hand and he's got like five rings, and you can <laughs> yeah, see all. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Are you a Hinge guy, a Tinder guy? I don't know what's uh, what are the apps that you may or may not have been on, but I would think that like that would have been a good like third or fourth picture. I, I, I met Steph right before the, the dating app thing took off, so I never I never swiped left or right on humans. But I, I would think that the World Series ring in a dating picture would be a pretty damn good conversation Is starter. It t- too much though is it too braggadocious like yeah here is who i am i am not gonna be you about you i'm gonna, i'm about this ring which i have on my left hand by the way oh this little thing oh that's yeah. interesting you have it on your left ring finger oh i have to i always have to tell i'm ma- married to the game i i uh, <laughs> when i got when i got the ring i forgot about that you know what's amazing I, what, that, that it's on the left hand yeah it's on your left ring finger did not go over well um, with some with the girl that I was dating at the time, yeah, and, and it, she didn't tell me until afterwards, and I realized, yeah, that is a bad move. I didn't even think about that. Well, no, I mean, but then I, th- I my once it fit on your other hand, it would. I, I yeah, no, so, not as well actually, not as well. Oh, like, your like, right like, finger yeah, is yeah, not a different size than your right, left ring finger. Exactly, and that's Freak. all I had. I had it. <laughs> I, I had it fitted. For the left side, I was I just wasn't. Th- I have never worn a ring in my life. So no, that's the ring finger. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, "There's no other finger that this would go on, right?" And um, you know, my girlfriend at the time told me later, "Yeah, I didn't really appreciate that." So, but well, were you guys even in that ballpark? We were in the ballpark of, of, of those types of conversations. We were in a committed relationship. Uh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, then, no, yeah, I, right. I, I I take that one. After I, I didn't think about it, and that's pretty bad that I didn't even think about it. But after I did it, what? didn't cause an argument i said you are right i see why you t- that was <laughs> wow it's amazing you if you have that move in your arsenal it's yeah. kind of amazing that you're not married because <laughs> yeah. st- sometimes Steph will be like do you which what is your favorite thing am i in the list or is it where do i rank among being right because oh, wow. being right is very high up on your yeah. list and i'm like yeah i know it makes me not fun to argue with I'm aware. The, we have yeah. our flaws, and uh, we all do. And, right, and I, right. I enjoy the, being right. There were, yeah, there were some. There was definitely some flawed moments for me during <laughs> during that time. No, so, but okay. Yeah. Well, fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't take any dating advice from me, but I would. Oh no! I no. would Trust say me. if Trust you're if you're me. in the casual pool, 
it wouldn't be the worst thing in the oh. world to have that as the third picture on a on a swipe oh, left, swipe not, right it's situation. It's not like I haven't even in in like at elevators again. It's not like I haven't made sure my hand was showing prominently when when there was something. <laughs> oh, in the this elevator. whole thing! I, for, I forgot I was wearing it. Oh my and, god! And you they, happen they, to thank be for noticing. And, and you just happen to be an attractive female. I don't understand. <laughs> That's what's unbelievable. Going on here. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I sometimes forget how many diamonds are in this thing. <laughs> would you would you would you like to count them? I call it my retirement plan. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, diamonds. What are these like rubies? Oh wait a minute! Is that my name on that? <laughs> oh, is that my uh, name on the ring? Holy wow. cow! I sometimes get lost in it. It's so big. I forget all of the amenities that this ring has. I should probably take it to the mall and get it buffed. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> you definitely, yeah. definitely should. It's a, uh, you know, the getting the next one of those, not for you, obviously, uh, <laughs> but, 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 for, but for others. Bears. Yeah, bears. Yeah, bears. Uh, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't consider that What's when going I was going on? to. Well, Clark roasted me. I inadvertently uh, ro roasted you. But it was funny. But, yeah, but this, yeah. this team does seem to be. Uh, you know, if we were talking about, like, the next team to win a championship in Chicago, people have said that I'm a homer for this, but I do just think you have to choose the healthiest organization because all of them are far away, right? Like, the White Sox should be closest because of their talent, but you don't trust the organization, and obviously they're not trending in the right direction. Um, but they do have by far the most championship-caliber roster in the NFL. Then it's so hard to win the Super Bowl and like build a complete football team and injuries and, and all of that. So even with Justin Fields and the cap space and the number one pick, I, I can't tell you that it's that it, maybe after next year, like if Fields competes for offensive player of the year or MVP, maybe they get into the conversation. But it's certainly not the Bulls. They're nowhere close to anything relevant. It, I would say it's the Cubs just because you know they're going to be able to spend 200 plus million dollars on a payroll when they're ready to compete they gave out 290 million dollars in free agent contracts they've proven recently that they can do it and they're a world-class organization so i i do believe that when none of the teams are particularly close uh and it's in the white Sox, you can make a very good argument for it but i especially because of how winnable the, the division and the path seems to be for both of them frankly like the NL East is a juggernaut. The AL East, the West, the whole thing. Like the, the AL and NL Central are just such easy paths that it's either Cubs Sox or Sox Cubs for the team most likely to win the next championship in Chicago. Uh, you used the word healthy right at the beginning, and that's just an important Even if the Cubs are third or fourth place this year, there, there is a certain amount of health that seems to exist with this organization. I'm, I'm talking of not literal not health. Not player health, organizational but, but organizational health. health. And I think the, the Bears have that right now, too, or so it seems. Um, More I, so I, than I, any time I, recently. I, and honestly, I mean, I don't think suck for the Bulls right now, but I'm still very comfortable with Arturis Karnaschobas and Mark Eversley and those guys. I know, I, they got, so. I, I know they got work to do, but I've seen a lot more competent from them than than the antithesis. So, and, and you know, the, the Blackhawks, who are their guys again? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no. no <laughs> and, and thus concludes yeah, our conversation yeah, of professional yeah, teams. Yeah, uh, David Ross and Jed Hoyer scheduled to come. We're halfway through, and now it's really starting to pick up. We're at Cubs convention come see us parkinson speak with mark rody in on the score odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network baseball is back 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.